From the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's the second hour of Sports Talk here on News Talk 1493.9 FM, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon again, everybody, and welcome to the show, hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk. We indeed are at the Esquire, downtown Champaign, until 6 o'clock on a busy Monday. A lot of football to talk about. Basketball season starts tonight. Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, is with us. Matthew, how are you? Good. I, uh, I remembered where the Esquire was, so uh, thanks for welcoming me back after uh, a few weeks off. So uh, nice to be back here and uh, looking forward to some Illinois basketball tonight. You even knew what seat to go into there? Yeah, it was just like riding a bike, which I'm really bad at. So I don't know how this, I don't know how this is going to go for the next 50 minutes or so. Scott Ritchie, like a lot of us, are pulling double duty these days. Uh, late in the football season, the basketball season getting set to start. Scott will be with us for a little while before he heads over to the uh, State Farm Center for the ball game tonight, Illinois, and your alma mater, and Matt's alma mater, the EIU Panthers. Yeah, we both have Eastern shirts underneath. I'm well, joking, we don't have I mean, that. it's going to be I really think. strange when EIU wins, and I'm the only person storming the court tonight. <laughs> but. Don't do it. You can't do it. I guarantee security's got your name already. They know. They know. I might pay to see that. Yeah, no, I mean, I... I don't think that that will happen. What do you What do you think Brad Underwood's reaction would be if he you just run right by him onto He'd the court? probably close? <laughs> you would definitely end up on Sports Center. Yeah. No question. <laughs> yeah, please please Center. don't do that, Scott. No, I mean I did pick Illinois to win, so I think uh, the upset potential is slim. But I also thought that five years ago um, for that charity exhibition game, and uh, we all know how that went. I mean, yeah, you won uh, convincingly in that game. Uh, I think it'll be a little different though tonight. We'll talk more about that basketball game coming up uh, against uh, the EIU Panthers. Bob Osmussen with us as well. You had Illinois football. Where in your poll this week? 17. So a couple of spots higher than obviously where they ended up. I think I was not – had them – somebody had them 15. So I was a little bit below there. I think 17 was about right. Had they won, I would have probably kept them around 12 because – all the teams that lost ahead of them would would have stayed there, and they ended up twenty first in the All AP right. poll. Well, pretty pretty steep drop. The college football poll comes out tomorrow night. What do you anticipate there? Uh, anticipate there similar? They were main in probably I'm guessing like twenty three, maybe twenty four, maybe just at twenty five. They'll be in there still, but they're going to drop uh, pretty far. They were at sixteen the week ago. There's no way they stay up there. That loss is. Because of the nature of the loss, not just that they lost, but they lost a team that was missing a bunch of parts, and uh, three and five, that was really, really bad loss for Illinois. So I think the punishment they got from the coaches and riders yesterday will be duplicated tomorrow night with the CF. Uh, well, the weather, um, the weather looks better for this Saturday. Uh, a little colder, but uh, not as windy. And, Scott, uh, I've been covering games there for a Many, many years. I hadn't seen a win quite like that. And 
it had to be dealt with by both teams. They both played in the same conditions, but Michigan State handled it uh, quite a bit better. Yeah, I mean, Spartans you know, wound up with the short field almost every time they got the ball, and Illinois was in the, the opposite situation. If you look at you know, Illinois put up 441 yards of total offense, it was because they were starting you know, where they usually would, whereas Michigan State got the ball like near midfield almost every time, and it's easier to score when that happens. And uh, I mean, there were obviously some special teams gaffes on Saturday, but uh, they weren't alone in that. I mean, both the offense and the defense – you know, probably played, I mean, arguably the worst game just across the board of this season. Um, so it'll be something to, you know, address this week. And, I mean, the weather should be a little better from a win standpoint, but maybe not all that much. Raise your hand if at the beginning of the season you would take 7-2 and two at this point. I think everybody would. <laughs> of course, the uh, most right. recent game has kind of stuck in everybody's crawl a little bit the way that turned out. Illinois was, what, a 16-point favorite going into that game. and uh, a that, lot of that was wrong, by the way. That, that was, was clearly wrong. That was wrong, but that a lot of wrong. them were wrong, especially on a day like that. The Ohio State margin at Northwestern right. was 38. You saw what happened there, 21-7, to 7, the final. So you, you got to – but I guess when they're setting up a line, they don't necessarily look at the weather conditions early in the week for a game that's on Saturday. No, exactly. And uh, I mean, Illinois got off to their, their customary solid start on, on Saturday. And then uh, the defense kind of had some holes in, in, that were exposed. And uh, yeah, the offense really never got going again until, until the fourth quarter when it was way too late. And uh, yeah. That's all the football assessment I have right now, Steve. Well, we'll get some more a little bit later okay. on in the show. But take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, this basketball game tonight with former Illini basketball player Tom Michael, now the boss at EIU in the athletic department. He is with us here at the Esquire, and we're back with Tom Michael after this. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family. It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, DWS. And we are back at the Esquire, 106 North Walnut, downtown Champaign. We're here every Monday night during football and basketball season. Glad you're with us. Phone line is open as well, 217-356-9397. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels. Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Ed Bonds is here as well. And everybody say hi to Tommy Michael, former Illinois sharpshooter. Is it true? Can it be this is your, what, ninth season down in Charleston as athletic director? Yeah, it's, it's crazy how fast, how fast time goes. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is my ninth year there. So, um, it, in some ways, it has gone by extremely fast. And then there's some days when it has really slugged along too. So, uh, but it's all been good, and and um, you know, excited for basketball to get started, and a lot of things happening there. I got a feeling I know who you're going to be rooting for tonight. Uh, you got to root for who who pays your check. But is it uh, a little bit difficult uh, for you to to have your current uh, team going against uh, your alma mater? Oh, I don't know about about difficult. Um, you know, it's it's a situation where we're obviously very appreciative of of Brad and his group to put us on the schedule and 
and allow us to come down here. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't bring this up, but, you know, Brad came down a few years ago, his first game at EIU, and, and it, was, uh, it was a big deal for us. Um, and, and for him to do that was, was really special for us and, and for us to be able to come down and just talk and, you know, our group will, will they got on the bus at five o'clock and they're going to come up. They had pregame meal in Charleston and, and, you know, so part of this is, is without any secrets, we're getting paid to play this game. Um, and, and it really works out well for us because we're able to, to save a lot of money playing a close game like this too. So, um, but in terms of, you know, being my old team or whatever, it's, it's good. I mean, I'm excited for our group. I'm excited for our group. And, you know, out of the corner of the eye, you certainly pay attention to what's going on here as well. Tom, how did this game come about? Was it just a simple phone call, email this summer? How did it actually come to fruition? Yeah, it actually um, happened more last during last year. Um, you know, Jeff Alexander is is obviously on the staff at Illinois, and he was on Marty's staff at Evansville. So they are are very very close. And um, I think when Illinois was looking for a, for an opener, um, we were obviously at that point in time um, didn't have anything booked. And like I said, the convenience of this is is so attractive. Um, I'm not so sure about playing preseason rank 23 is is the attractiveness piece, but um, you know it's it's good, and, and I hope that it's it ends up being good for both programs. This is year two for for Marty uh, as coach. Just what have you liked about what he's done with the program in I guess a year plus at this point? You mean coming off of a five win season? And, we didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> Last year was a little tough, admittedly, but just, I mean, where do you it kind was of... tough s- on everybody. Where do you see kind of where things are now? Yeah, I, I think the transfer portal has impacted all of that immensely. So they had um, five weeks to try to put a roster together last year, um, which didn't pan out well. He's, he's added a number of individuals. Um, we're more athletic. But I think the other side of it is is he's found guys that, that hopefully can be successful in his system. And, and uh, the optimism that we have going into the season, I think, with, with how much the guys care about being in the gym, and that sounds, that sounds very simple, but um, kids are, are different today, and, you know, it's just part of it. And now you got guys that want to be in practice and want to compete and want to do those things, and that's probably tonight. That's what... I'm anxious to see um, when we get popped in the mouth, so to speak. How do we respond to that? Um, I hope, I hope in a in a positive way, and we don't back down. And um, I hope we can continue to compete. How about making this a permanent op- opener, Eastern Illinois every year? I'm play, all for play it. Here. Maybe <laughs> occasional game with Lance. You play there once in a while. I'm I'm absolutely all for that. Um, no, I think I think there's a there's a component there that, um, like I said, the the relationship with the current staff and and with Brad and right. his staff is is very good. Um, I would anticipate, um, you know, that opportunity continuing to be there. I don't know about every year, right? If that will work, More but often. but I think I think I'm not I'm not sure when the last time we played here. 2002. 2002 so it's it certainly has been a while and and i know 
when TJ and I played, you know, we Eastern came down and Andy Kaufman went off for 40-some or something that, that game too way back then. But it doesn't happen very often. Right. But I'm, I'm hoping that with these two staffs, it can happen more than every 20 years for sure. Do you think you can talk Brad into going back to Lance? Uh, Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very intimidating venue. Yes, Lance Arena is is tough, uh, tough place to play for sure. Uh, but no, I don't think that will happen, and um, completely understand that too. Take us back a little bit uh, a year or so ago when you uh, decided to make the change in basketball coaches, and then you went uh, with Marty Simmons. Talk a little bit about uh, the interest that you felt and you received from uh, potential candidates for that job? Yeah, there was, um, there was great interest in the position. And I think part of that, as crazy as it sounds, and, and Matt and Scott will, will, I think, maybe understand this to some extent, but it goes back to Rick Samuels and what he had built um, in the program. So people understood what the program could be and and certainly didn't achieve that success with Mike Miller or maybe under Jay Spoonauer. Um, and Rick will be at the game tonight. But, uh, but I think that also helped keep it on the map. So there was significant interest. And, and I think, you know, what, what I've learned over the nine years, and, and we've made some, some good hires, and some hires haven't worked. Um, but, but what's really been significant is people really understand Charleston, really understand EIU. Uh, and Marty, growing up in Lawrenceville, small town, that type of mentality, um, he understood what EIU was about, and and that was really important for us um, because he knows what it what we can sell uh, to the recruits and why it's important to do that, uh, and and so that was that was as much of a reason. And then obviously, we're not going to get the the five star kid, so we've got to be able to see something and then be able to develop it and marty can teach basketball tom michael is our guest we're going to have him here another 10 or 12 minutes so any questions here the esquire raise your hand he's got a donor event to get to and you might not be surprised by that you got to touch all those bases before the eight o'clock game tonight go ahead matt tom just kind of uh, piggybacking on that obviously men's basketball can be kind of the quote-unquote marquee sport down in Charleston if things are going right and wins keep stacking up. Just what is that like to have that ability if, if men's basketball were to, say, catch fire one particular season and make a run in the OVC, make, get to the NCAA tournament? Just what would that mean for the athletic department as a whole? Well, we've really hung our hat on, on that vision of, of how important the success of our men's basketball program can be for, for the department, but, but clearly for the institution as well. And um, having the opportunity to compete to play in March Madness is a vision that we're selling to donors and we've been able to, to raise significant dollars from our perspective that goes directly towards the men's basketball program to try to make that um, a reality as, as we go forward. So Marty has helped with that vision, certainly. Um, but there is, there is interest um, in Coles County, in Charleston, Mattoon area specifically, to see our basketball program have success. And we've been able to raise significant dollars, more than we have in any other way in the nine years that I've been there, with this vision of being able to play in March in the big tournament, whatever that looks like. So um, it's, it's, a, it's an exposure opportunity 
that we have to take advantage of and, and why it's important for us to continue to invest in that program in that way uh, because it can be a springboard and, and really uh, provide a huge boost institutionally uh, as well. Well, looking at your roster, um, got some interesting freshmen whose whose dads might you know trigger some some memories for people. I mean, you got an NBA coach's son, an NCAA champion's son, um, a former Illini briefly son. Just uh, what do you may like about uh, uh, Carlissimo Thomas Hafner? Just uh, those familiar last names. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be um, really really interesting to see how those three young men. Um, react to the bright lights tonight. Um, you know, Marty and I have talked about what that looks like and, and how you try to get them settled into to this environment that they're going to be exposed to. But I think, as you said, all three of them have a basketball background that's, that's phenomenal. Um, obviously, with Kyle Carlissimo and, and his dad, and he's been a gym rat, and he's been around the game at, at the highest level there is. You know, so I don't anticipate... I don't anticipate him being freaked out by, by the State Farm Center and what that environment is. He might be. Um, Kyle Thomas has as much of an upside at 6'10", long, um, that, that we've seen. He's raw. He's young. Um, we'll see what happens when the lights come on tonight for him. Um, and then Cam Hefner, um, obviously his dad, Scott, was, was at Illinois, as you said, Scott, for just a, a brief moment, but then had an unbelievable career at Evansville, scored a ton of points, and, and Cam can shoot the ball. Uh, he shoots it the right way, shoots it, got a really, really nice shot, um, but, but they're young. So um, I suspect there's going to be some times out there tonight where they really look like freshmen, and, um, but, but hopefully uh, it will help them get settled in in a lot of different ways. Would it be okay uh, for you? I understand that Kofi Coburn's in town. Maybe uh, Brad will slip him into the lineup for the Illini. Would that, would that work for you? I was thinking that maybe we had a uniform big enough for him, and <laughs> if he's got eligibility left, he could come to EIU um, and do that. And then I'd like to see Brad's face um, on that. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they, they, will, they will obviously play differently. Um, and, and I didn't see the Quincy, Quincy game, but – um, you know, they're, they're different without the big fella there. But, um, you know, we're going to have to be ready to get guarded tight. I know that. Did you know Marty before you interviewed him? Did you guys' paths cross uh, years ago anytime? Uh, the only time that, that they really uh, crossed was um, there was a, a function at the state tournament that recognized – some IHSA individuals that had played and and Marty and then we met then um, we hadn't stayed in contact or anything like that but um, obviously there's a lot of folks that that I know that knew Marty and and certainly made that connection very very quickly in the process your women's basketball team has to be close to uh, getting started as well play tonight okay good Matt Bolon so you can't be two places at once can you <laughs> unfortunately no it's it was it was this interview opportunity that that really sealed the deal <laughs> to come north um, to be up here instead. Well, we we appreciate that, but uh, how how uh, how are things shaping up for the gals down there? 
Yeah, he's he's. Um, we feel like we've got a, a really good roster there too, um, and there's a lot of optimism on on what can happen. He's got a couple individuals that have that have come from the transfer portal that I think are going to help us. We've got the preseason player of the year in the OVC on the roster. Um, he's got the injury bug right now a little bit. We have five five young ladies that are that are injured um, right now. Um, we won a close close game um, last Thursday. I think it was Thursday against Milliken. So he plays Umsel tonight. Um, I think I think he's got pieces to the puzzle um, that can that can really allow him to be successful. It's whether or not all those pieces fit together. Men's basketball. This isn't your first. Uh, this won't be your only Big Ten game this year. You guys go to Ohio State. Iowa as well. You've got Illinois State coming to Charleston later this week for the first time in, in quite some time. Just how does how does Marty and his staff just kind of shape up the schedule, knowing you want to be tested on a conference, also juggling the the financial factor too by playing the, these games as well to to get you guys ready for OVC play. Yeah, it's um, we talk about the schedule, but it's it's more of of them explaining where they're at, what they're doing, and what they have in mind. And um, he does have a, a certain amount of guarantee money that he needs to bring in for the department. Um, and rightly so, he's tried to def- get that done as quickly as possible in as few games as possible. Um, and that's why the three Big Ten games. So we'll have a good scouting report for folks or, or um, on what the Big Ten season is going to look like. But we feel really excited, um, quite frankly, about the schedule that he's got put together. Some people think it's really, really tough. But for us, we haven't had Illinois State come to to Lance in a long long time so to have them come and do a home and home with us I think that's a big credit to Marty and his staff and what they've done go ahead Bob I gotta ask you about football what kind of where are you at there and what's progress what's going on with the football yeah it's it's um uh we've got we've got the injury I don't know if the water in Charleston is problematic right now but we've got 18 guys that we thought would be starters going into camp that are hurt and aren't able to play. So um, that doesn't bode well, um, you know, for much success. We've got two more games left, uh, tough games, top two teams in our conference. Uh, we play at home this Saturday against SEMO, and they're nationally ranked uh, in FCS, and then we have UT Martin. So, um, But very excited about what Chris Wilkerson is doing. Uh, the staff that he's got together, the way he continues to build the program, as we all know, the quarterback position is critical. Uh, EIU has been very fortunate to have a history of, of quarterbacks, but um, over the last since Garoppolo left last 10 years, we haven't had a guy that could really spin it. So, you know, we still have to find that person, I think. But, um, but I, like, I like everything that Chris is doing, his staff is doing, the direction they're going, progress with we're making. It's just tiny steps, as, as we know, right? Uh, changing the, the perspective and the direction of a football program it's like turning a ship in a canal. I mean, it's, it, takes, it takes a lot of steps to do that, whereas a basketball program, you can probably do that a little bit quicker. We'll let you go with this. Have you been in the State Farm Center since it was renovated? Have you seen it? I, I, I have. Um, so Nate, our son, played in an exhibition game with McKendry, so I was able to be there. And then just recently um, for the Hall of Fame induction, when Ron Gunther was inducted. So it didn't look like a basketball arena at that point, but um, was, was in the facility um, just a month or so ago for it. So looks very nice. Well, have you asked Brad for a tour of 
newly renovated oven? No, I've I've only heard things about that, and um, there shouldn't be any reasons now, right? Well, you were around when oven was state of the art the first time, right back in '99. Yeah, it was it was the first of its kind, and and really set the tone and and how quickly how quickly the arms race changes things so i i would be at some point in time anxious and curious to see what what it looks like and and i'm sure it it ends up being a great recruiting tool that's tom michael everybody we're gonna let him uh slide out of here to some of his other activities before that game eight o'clock tonight is the time we'll take a time out tom thanks very thanks, much tom. always good to thanks. see thanks, you guys and with, uh, scott Ritchie, we're gonna let you uh find your way over to uh the State Farm Center as well, and we'll join you over there after a bit. We'll take a break here now at 537. We're back with more at the Esquire after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who has a big name in the recruiting circles for you to pay attention to. St. Rita's, We are back at the Esquire for another uh, 10 or 12 minutes. 217-356-9397 is the phone number. If you have any questions here, raise your hand. Thanks to Tom Michael for spending some time with us. And when you come downtown to the Esquire, check out their signature drink, the Pineapple Margarita. That's available all day long, every day of the week. And uh, they have homemade soups also every day of the week during lunch and dinner at the Esquire 106 North Walnut downtown Champaign. Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, yours truly Steve Kelly here with you talking some more uh, football. Illinois ranked 21st, uh, dropping a little bit after what can be qualified as a disappointing loss. Um, The old saying is that's why you play the game, right? Uh, 16-point favorite at home. Everybody had that one chalked up looking ahead to Purdue, and uh, that's why you play the game. Well, and I think that's that's why it, it it stung so much on, on Saturday evening is the fact that if Illinois were to have beaten Michigan State on this past Saturday, I mean, the atmosphere this upcoming Saturday with Purdue coming to town would have just been electric, you know, potential for Illinois to, to clinch a Big Ten West title, uh, get a spot in Indy. Uh, that would have just led to the buildup of, of this Saturday. All, and then you lose a, a game where Illinois made some mistakes and, and exposed some flaws that you hadn't seen out of this Illinois team for almost two months of the season, uh, Jalen Berger was able to get through break three for some some big runs. Michigan State's quarterback Peyton Thorne was effective throwing the ball. The defense kind of looked susceptible at times. Special teams was kind of shaky, and and the offense they had their times, but they just never put together kind of a full sixty minutes like we'd seen them do before uh, this season. And yeah, I mean, like everyone in here earlier, you know, if you would have said back in August, hey. Before Illinois basketball tips off, the Illinois football team is going to be 7-2. and two. Probably half the people would have fallen out of their chair in disbelief. And they sure would have taken the record. But when you win six games in a row and do so in pretty dominating fashion, that really just kind of raises the expectation and the, the level of, of what to expect. And to lose to a Michigan State team that was 3-5 and five coming in, uh, had eight players suspended after that, that uh, post-game fight in the tunnel at Michigan Stadium. Everything seemed to be kind of setting up for Illinois to get that eighth win and, and to really put themselves in the driver's seat to get a spot in Indy. Now that is all still possible for Illinois. They can still make the Big Ten championship game. They just have to take kind of a different route now, and I think that's kind of why there's, there's some disappointment, I guess, among Illinois fans. And uh, that route, Bob, 
still comes through Champagne. It does, and I think the Purdue game is really you keep going back to is this the most important game of this tenure? Now I think now this week it is because what happened last week. So be Purdue, you're pretty much in. You're, you could still not make it, but it'd be pretty hard not to make it at that point. So be Purdue and you're, you're golden. And I think I do think I'll win this game. I was pretty sure last week they were either going to struggle or actually lose. I picked a close game, four-point game. I thought it would. I should have probably picked Michigan State to win because I had a feeling. Everybody's talking too much about where they were and how all these big-time things. It's like you no. Know, sometimes you have to take a step back. It goes back to 07. That team you remember lost to Iowa, a disappointing game over there. Only made some really bad. Coaching decisions, actually, in that game. No offense to Ron Zuck, but he, it was him. And uh, that team bounced back from that. I think this team, because the coaching staff, because the players involved, I think, I think they'll bounce back from this. I think they'll win Saturday. I think they'll play Michigan a good game. Michigan's really good, but I think they'll only play them well the following Saturday, and they'll wrap up with a win against Northwestern. So I'm guessing the Lord's going to finish 9-3, and that would be – Yes, pretty good. Well, I mean, this is a huge game uh, for Illinois just when it comes to its Big Ten West title chances because if you are able to beat Purdue, right. you have that head-to-head tiebreaker against them. And also the fact, too, you've got four teams that are sitting in the game behind Illinois right now in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Purdue, and Iowa. And Iowa and Wisconsin play each other this weekend, right. so one team's going to win. If Purdue's able to knock off Illinois, then they're all at four and three, and you've right. got a log jam there. Minnesota, Minnesota plays Northwestern who somehow kept it close against Ohio State. I think the weather probably had a lot to do with that. But if Minnesota can beat Northwestern, then it just you're looking at very messy Big Ten West if Illinois is not able to take care of business this Saturday against Purdue. I do not buy the idea that there shouldn't be a West champion, that the best teams are – I mean, the best teams are in the East, no question. But I think the way this it's set up, you play by the rules. There will be a team – Playing Ohio State, that team will be a heavy underdog. If it's Illinois, if it's Purdue, if it's Iowa, Northwestern, well, it can't be Northwestern. It's going to be a heavy underdog. But I, I don't think that matters. I think I think I would give Illinois a puncher's chance against Ohio State because things happen. Now, it's not as likely inside with no weather, but I think you could, you never know when that sixth turnover game for Ohio State is going to come. You never know when. Somebody's going to get hurt, get sick, something. Things happen. College football is great because of that. I just think of Illinois. It's unfortunate that it missed a chance to move up a little bit further, but they have a chance to bounce back this week, and I think they will. One of the other things that made that Saturday loss here a little tougher to take, in my opinion, is everybody knew, including the team, that Purdue had already lost right. on the day. Yeah, I don't you had think, a chance to really separate that. Yeah, I think if I was the Illinois coaches, I would have – kept the TVs turned off. I would not want my team to know what had happened because I don't think it affected them at all, but I think it's always in the back of your mind what you have, what's at stake. Brett Bainlewood, to his credit, some coaches kind of shy away from that stuff. They don't want to talk about balls or Big Ten titles and all that stuff. He kind of throws it out there and says, hey, the guy's going to hear about it. I'd rather be the messenger. So I think that's a valuable thing for him. I think it's a smart way to deal with it. Be up, be up front with it. Tell the guys, here's what you have to play for. And that, that might motivate them just a little bit more. We will have uh, divisions in the Big Ten at least one more one year. One more year. Then they're, then they're gone. What, how, what do you think it looks like, the landscape looks like after that? 
Just no divisions or yeah, pods no di- or anything like I that? I think there'll be pods, which are not the same. You can't really do that and have a pod champion. That would be silly. I think it'll, it'll be locked in with three other teams, I assume. Northwestern for sure. I hope it's Iowa and Purdue, but maybe Indiana and Purdue, whatever it is. And then you'll play across another division, another pod every year. So that's four games. That's that's seven games. Then you got two more against the other te- other eight teams. It's just kind of silly, but I'm okay with it because I hope one of us in in LA. That'd be fun. Well, if you take um, divisions away, Matt, the teams that are not in the top half, the top whatever that's going to be, eight or ten, <laughs> um, they know pretty soon in the season that. They've got no chance, no chance to play in that championship game. At least the way it's set up now, um, there's teams that have a chance to, to get there. Well, yeah, and and, and who knows uh, when you know the the college football playoffs going to expand uh, to 12 teams. I know they want to do years. it as, as, soon, as soon as possible. Yeah. That will play into it, and, and who knows if the Big Ten will even have a championship game uh, in a couple of years. My, my, uh, I mean, not? you could be looking at just you know Ohio State, Michigan, and the the championship game, especially if you take away divisions and just have one 16 team conference uh that that could be a possibility now you if you do keep the divisions although i think that's a slim chance i mean if you're illinois you're kind of petitioning may we're we're in east central illinois maybe we want to go to the east and and not play usc and ucla Uh, but then again you're stuck with ohio state and michigan then so i don't know uh but if there's any year for illinois to find its way to Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship game. It's this year. Uh, the schedule's worked out in, in Illinois' favor. Just looking at it on paper, the East hasn't treated Illinois. They're 0-2 against teams right. from the East, and, and they're two of the worst teams in the East this year in, in Indiana and Michigan State. To but Wisconsin's down. Iowa's down. Minnesota's not at the level they were a couple of years ago. All signs have kind of pointed for Illinois to kind of go on this path that they're on, and and now it's up to Brett Bielman and his players to, to follow through on that here in these, these final three weeks. Got a couple of minutes left. Let's talk high school football. And uh, what do we have coming up? Quarterfinals? Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got five, uh, five area teams left in, in our coverage area that are, are still playing for the chance of the state title. And Class 5A, Muhammad Seymour uh, continued their un, unbeaten season on, uh, on Saturday night. They beat Metamora 44-28. They have a road trip. This Saturday to play at Morris at 4 p.m. in a state quarterfinal game in, in Class 3A. You've got a rematch between Unity and Prairie Central, two Illini Prairie Conference teams that met in Week One. Prairie Central's unbeaten; they're at 11 and 0. Unity's at 10 and 1. They haven't they haven't lost since uh, the Week One loss at, at Prairie Central. They meet in Fairbury at 2 p.m. on Saturday, uh, and then in Class 1A, Tuscola at 9 and 2. Uh, is into the state quarterfinals. They travel to Colfax this Saturday to play, play Ridgeview-Lexington, who's undefeated at 1 p.m. And then in the eight-man uh, playoffs as well, St. Thomas More here in Champaign, uh, they've kind of pulled off a few surprises in the playoffs. Uh, they get to make the nice long trek to Amboy on, on Saturday to play in the state semifinals and a chance at a state title in, in eight-man football. Have either one of you guys seen an eight-man football game? I never I have. have. Not. My, my state had six-man football right. as well. I've never seen a game, but I, apparently it's crazy and fun. Sounds like it might be fun. Yeah, we did a Lots we did a podcast last week with three St. Thomas More football players at the high school, and uh, the field is is uh, narrower, right. but uh, a lot of chance for, for some big plays and uh, high scoring games, and that's been the case so far this season. Is the month of November for a sports editor 
the busiest month of the year when yes. multiple sports are going on at yes, the same time. Yes, uh, hands down. And, and there's some of the most high-profile sports, too. Uh, you got the two big revenue sports at the University of Illinois in, in football and men's basketball. You've got nine uh, sports on the area high school scene that are going on, whereas in the winter we only have four uh, sports. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's an incredibly busy time, but I, I've got a great staff with Bob and Scott and Colin Likas and Joe Vizelli Jr., and uh, they make it all work, and uh, I just make sure to stay out of their way as much as I can. Well, you got to make decisions on who goes where and how do you – how do you work that in with well, a, a staff not as large as it used yeah, to be? Yeah, Scott, Scott already called dibs on going to Vegas for next weekend with uh, Illinois men's basketball. Uh, I joked with him that he's going to be sitting at a pool at a hotel on the Strip with a uh, uh, an umbrella in his drink while Bob is shivering go in, to in Ann Arbor. Yeah. All right, go Bob to gets to go to Michigan. Much prefer uh, that. For next weekend. But, no, it's, uh, it's fun. And it, it's even more fun this year with Illinois football being – nationally relevant again and, and the program back kind of in in good good standing we are just about out of time we appreciate uh, tom michael for coming in and all you folks here for joining us at the esquire we'll be back again next week there's another monday night basketball game at eight o'clock next week but we will be here thanks to matt daniels bob osmussen scott ritchie ed bond tamara mcdaniel back at the uh, radio station thanks for listening on wdws Champagne Urbana. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a good night, everybody.